Mr. K24 Radio, oh yeah. All right, here I go again. Okie dokie, holy moly, honky dory, what is going on? I want to say beautiful morning to you, lovely Monday morning, right here in Peninsula, Dosti, South South Nigeria, somewhere in West Africa. What's my name? My name is Mr. K, but folks call me the Cool K, and it is pure delight, absolute delight for me. When you stop by to listen to my podcast you are the reason i do the podcast i ain't getting money from it but i appreciate the fact that anytime you stop by to listen to my podcast you use data to do so and data my dear friends we know it costs money and for that reason i am entirely unreservedly you know happy and glad that you can be that generous you know to listen to my podcast that's great now ask any podcaster you meet we want people to listen to our podcast that's why we do the business <laughs> you know i call it business not in terms of um how much i'm spending how much i'm paying anyone to put a podcast together i call it business just for the sake of um trying to target you know like a purpose you know when you're about something that's your business isn't it so but i don't mean that in uh, you know dollar and um, you know uh, cents i don't mean that in pounds and shillings or naira and cover i just mean that purely for the sole purpose of, put, of putting a tag on it right okay so i've sorted that out haven't i <laughs> all right man thanks a whole lot for stopping by i appreciate that a whole lot all right so what's going to be happening right here it's monday absolutely the 10th day of the month that's right of the month of january the year of our lord's 2021 yeah that's right that's what it is and of course that's what time it is once again what is going on this is mr k24 radio yeah i'm coming at you right here my name is mr k but folks call me the cool k and of course uh, welcome to the show all right chit chat update i'm going to be thinking out loud bringing you events that are making the news and of course um, actually delivering the news in a not so newsy way so that's pretty much what's on offer on Mr. K24 Radio right here. And it's, I can tell you that for sure. I could do 20 or 50 podcasts in one day. Yes, but I don't have to do that. That would be somehow crazy. Would it, would it, wouldn't that be so? I think so. But knowing that you listen to my podcast sometimes makes me want to do more podcasts in one day. But by the grace of the Lord, I'm going to keep it coming the way it is, you know, with his permission to experience some more. I'm going to be at it. <laughs> Thanks a lot, man, for stopping by. I appreciate that. All right. So what's going to be happening, mate? I'm going to be taking a lesson. I'm going to make you take a lesson to a few of the events making the news right now. Today, Monday, the 18th of January, 2021, what's supposed to be the day that schools were supposed to resume right here in Edo State, South South Nigeria, somewhere in West Africa. But however, it's not going to be so anymore. 
<laughs> it is not going to be so anymore because the governor of the state, that's talking about uh, Mr. Godwin Obaseke, now he's come up, you know, with, should I say, a counter, a counter instruction to that, all right? Uh, actually, the 18th of, um, you know, January was something, you know, that uh, the federal government actually you know, uh, did the federal government wanted schools after consultation, like we were told in some of the other podcasts I've done before on this subject matter. Now, the 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 president, General General Buhari, retired. You know, uh, on the 18th of January was supposed to be the day uh, for schools to resume. But however, right here in Edo State, it is not going to be that way. You know, students are not going to school today. They're going to have to wait till some other time. So you're going to get it. I said, roll with it. Let's rock and roll, mate. All right. There you go. Now, the Edo State Governor, that's talking about um, Godwin Obaseki. That's right. That's his name. He has reviewed the curfew earlier imposed in the state. So now start from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m as part of efforts to check the spate of COVID-19 cases in the wake of the second wave of the pandemic. Now, the governor who rolled out several measures to halt the spread of the virus in the state during a press conference inside the government house in Benicity Edo State Capital also announced the suspension of schools resumption till at least February 1st, 2021. Yeah, that's right. Governor Basaki said the state government had put in place a robust response mechanism in dealing with the first wave of the coronavirus, but that data from comparison between the first and the second wave of the pandemic has shown that there is a need to take drastic measures to curb the spread of the new wave of the virus, which has been confirmed to be more virulent and infectious, according to him. Comparing the first six weeks of the pandemic from March 23, 2020 with the first six weeks since December 1, 2020, Edo State has witnessed 84.5% rise in the number of infected persons. There has also been a 10.5% increase in the number of older persons infected with COVID-19. It is early days yet, but we have evidence suggesting more older persons infected with COVID-19 are dying. Now, most of the cases in the early phase of the pandemic were travel-related. But since December 2020, there has been a 13.9% increase in community transmission. Now, that's the big one, isn't it? Community transmission of the disease. This is a big concern, especially with the evidence before us. According to the governor, there has been a 15% increase in the number of persons infected with COVID-19 who show no signs or symptoms of the disease, but are transmitting it in our communities. Our children and youth are major contributors to this group. On the new directives to halt the spread of the virus, said the general recommendations are that individuals, groups and organizations must take responsibility to avoid closed spaces, crowded places and close contact. Now the curfew is now reviewed from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. effective on Saturday and of course instead of January 2021 that's when that was he added on schools resumption. Governor Basakin said schools are to remain shut 
until February 1, 2021, when the prevailing realities had to be reviewed to determine if it would be safe to reopen the schools. Now, the governor also stressed that sanctions and incentives shall be used to drive better compliance using enforcement and monitoring teams across the state, urging government-owned organizations to model best practices. On religious gatherings, uh, the governor said, hand-washing stations with running water and liquid soap, alcohol-based hand sanitizers must be provided at entry and exit points. Uh, there must be temperature checks at the entrance points and of course uh, face masks must be used directly, correctly and consistently. Now sitting in gatherings should not exceed a maximum of 30% of capacity per session and ensure physical distance in at least 1.5 meters must be adhered to. The length of the meetings should not exceed one hour and there must be breaks in between sessions for decontamination. Children below 12 years and adults above 60 years should stay at home. A monitoring enforcement teams must be set up to and include powerful and influential religious leaders as drivers. Uh, there must be sensitization on COVID-19 prevention during every meeting. Uh, written commendations by the governor and deputy governor will be issued to religious institutions who show good compliance to COVID-19 preventive measures or what they call safety protocols. Now for the transportation sector, the governor insisted that there must be compulsory, consistent and proper use of face masks by riders, drivers and passengers, adding that monitoring enforcement team must be set up the stop and check teams uh, you know, are to be set up to track and sanction motorbikes, tricycles, cars, buses for non-compliance with fixed mask use. That's a big one, isn't it? Now, here we go. Now, what's so scary about this? You just heard, you know, when I read, uh, you know, where the governor said many of the people who are, you know, making the, uh, the, the infection happen to other people, in this second wave, most of them do not show any symptoms, signs or symptoms of COVID-19. That a lot of people like that are the ones actually this time spreading the virus. That calls for a huge worry, doesn't it? Absolutely, sure does. But anyway, you know, I keep talking my lack of trust in the entire process, you know, of testing coming up with results and of course uh, numbers are coming up and they are appearing on the statistics on a daily basis makes me wonder how exactly are we actually taking these figures as they are coming out why are we taking them as authentic it doesn't make no sense how many people are being tested as we speak now the people who are being discovered to be infected where do they find them? Are they just regular Joes who weren't feeling well, went to the hospital, and the next thing you know, you're, you're being tested for coronavirus? Is that how it is happening? But one of the biggest problems with covering this COVID-19 pandemic is that if you go to the government hospitals where they are actually being designated as treatment centers and isolation centers, uh, for COVID-19 patients and so on and so forth, 
Many of the doctors will tell you, we are not competent to speak to the press. That is very disenchanting, sometimes almost annoying, especially with the state-owned hospitals and the teaching hospitals. The doctors are more open. The doctors who are involved are more open and more willing to speak. That in itself is a major problem in actually tracking what is going on with the testing, with you know, with the treatment and so on and so forth of people who have been reported to have been infected by the COVID-19 virus. Now that is a major worry from the professional standpoint of every broadcast journalist. That's how it is. So let's move on to other stories now. Do you recall that um, on December 20, uh, you know, the Christmas day, there was a special, uh, you know, comment uh, made, or should I say a special Christmas message delivered by Reverend Father Matthew Cooker. Now the comments, they were made, things were said, but didn't go down well with a lot of people. Now, the Muslim Solidarity Forum has asked the Bishop of Sokoto Diocese, Matthew Cooker, to tender an unreserved apology to the entire Muslim Ummah over his recent malicious comments against Islam. Our intention as Muslim Solidarity Forum is not to hold brief for the President as he has those who are paid to do that. Instead, our concern is the image and reputation of Muslims, which Mr. Cooker finds pleasure in attacking without an iota of caution and by referring to him, the president, as a Muslim, that automatically brings all Muslims into the issue. The acting chairman of the forum, Professor Isa Muhammad Meishan, said at a press conference and as such he calls on Cooker to immediately stop his malicious vituperations against Islam and Muslims and tend an unreserved apology to the Muslim Ummah or else quickly and quietly leave the seat of the caliphate as he's trying to break the age-long peaceful coexistence between the predominantly Muslim population and their Christian guests. They noted that despite the criticism, the criticism and contrary to MSF's claims, Bishop Kuka only condemned the Nigerian government under Muhammad Buhari for nepotism and the spate of insecurity in the country. But Meshanu stated that Kuka's statements could break the country's religious faithful's age-long peaceful coexistence. So he wonders how Kuka, who lives peacefully and comfortably in the heart of the Sokoto Caliphate, can make such a callous and senseless statement. According to him, these callous statements are unbecoming of someone who parades himself as secretary to the National Peace Committee and a member of the Nigeria Interreligious Council, NIREC, Mashanu said. The bishop has a penchant for speaking in parables and innuendos. His reference to a people whose, who possess a pool of violence to draw from, no doubt, is a reference to those he has always characterized with violence. Uh, the Muslims, uh, this is a serious provocation. Kuka had in his 2020 Christmas message titled A Nation in Search of Vindication, lamented that nepotism characterized the present administration. 
says I had a I had a conversation, you know, personally now. I had a conversation with Barista Ramosele Igbegu, a legal practitioner who lives in Penicity, uh, on the implications of the comments made by the group in reaction to Farakuka's day uh, Christmas Day message when they made some allegations against President Buhari to the effect that Kuka had in his 2020 Christmas message titled A Nation in Search of Vindication lamented that nepotism characterizes the present administration. Take a listen to his take. He noted that um, there could be there could have been a coup or war in the country if a non-Northern Muslim president did a fraction of what um, Buhari has done since he became the president of the Federal Republic of Nigeria. Okay. Now the issue really is this. Um, well, we all have rights under the law to express ourselves in whatever way we want. But again, uh, one must remember that where one's right stops, that's where the other begins. Um, it's enough to feel angry and say whatever you want to say. However, whatever you want to say or you have to say should not be such that another person is endangered. And so the moment that comes in, the issue of threat to life comes up. The issue of conduct likely to cut breaks of public peace comes up. And the police under the police act have the right at law to arrest the situation from degenerating. Because quite often, quite often seeming incidents like this, they will appear very, very unlikely to 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 snowball into a big issue but, but from history we know that they, they do like um, some years back a girl published something about the holy prophet of islam um, in this day's newspaper and before you know it uh, what one would call an innocuous comment of course she has a right at law to express herself this world that way and the other persons at the other end. What we should be scared of is not to push a seeming party who ordinarily is not given to war or to arms bearing, to arms bearing. Because uh, now and again in this country, those who subscribe to Islam, they are quick to think that it's their birthright to take up arms. For goodness sake, arms bearing is available to anybody. The simplest knowledge in the marketplace is how arms handling. And so, again, not too long ago, we saw the iPod people displaying arms they are building and all that right in their enclave. So this whole question of, oh, because this man is not used to bearing arms, so to that extent, or this set of people, to that extent, I am at liberty to denigrate, to threaten their leadership. 
this may not go on for too long because uh, when you put somebody for when you put somebody hard against the wall it's very likely so I, I beg all parties particularly the the Muslim groups who are used to threats and all that to stay action because they, they can't be too sure that there will not be retaliation for the other group. Mr. K24 Radio, oh yeah. So I'm going to take a short break so you take a listen to the comments made by, so you listen to the comment made by a barrister, Ramosele Igbeg, who spoke strictly from the professional point of view about the implications of the comments made by the Muslim group. I'll be back on the flip side. It won't take a different. So there you go. Now, the cleric, that's the talking about um, Father Kukan. And the cleric said, under Buhari's government, Nigeria appeared to be heading for darkness with citizens traveling in a rudderless ship without destination in sight. The cleric's comment has generated reactions setting northern groups and individuals against one another. Muslims' rights concern, Murik, said the Christmas message by Kuka was a call for a coup and peaceful removal and forceful removal, rather, of the president from office. How things always somehow pan out in that direction in terms of the narrative is something that I find quite personal, I find quite troubling. I mean, a Nigerian, a fellow Nigerian, made a Christmas Day message, and in it, he delivered the message from his personal perspective, his personal assessment of the situation. That was what the man did. Now, how this somehow snowboard into this situation is something that I find quite troublesome. But anyhow, that's the way it is going in Nigeria. Unfortunately, we're going to have to get used to it. <laughs> well, hey, but let's 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 watch out. Let nobody talk us into. Yes, that's right. Don't let nobody talk you into starting any trouble. Because if you start any trouble, you're clearly just doing the bidding of another person. Those who mean who mean the best for Nigeria will not incite anyone against another person all right but that does not actually you know exclude people from voicing their opinions and if in the process of making that you know ventilating on it and the religion is mentioned not in a derogatory in a derogatory form in this particular you know comments made by Kuka and of course the Muslim groups who are reacting. I mean, the man did not malign Islam. He talked about Buhari and that what Buhari has done, if this was done by a non-Muslim yes, person, the reaction could have been quite volatile. That's his opinion. Okay? So let's move on now to, you know, the African continent. You know what they say, TIA. 
this is Africa. All right, so let's head straight to Uganda. We have Museveni. Yoweri Museveni actually won the presidential election for a sixth term. <laughs> All right. Uganda election. Bobby Wine fearful for life after Museveni when Uganda's main opposition presidential candidate Bobby Wine says his life is being threatened following Thursday's election, which saw Yoweri Museveni win his sixth elected term. The singer-turned-politician told the BBC that he rejected the results with the contempt they deserve. He alleged there had been a lot of irregularities, but Mr. Museveni called it Uganda's fairest ever vote. Campaigning had been marred by violence in which dozens of people died. Just ahead of voting day, the government shut down the internet and moved claims by election monitors. They said confidence in the count had been damaged by the day's long cut. A government minister told the BBC on Saturday evening that the internet service would be restored very soon. What did Bobby Wine say about this? In a telephone interview with a reporter, Bobby Wine said the stage name for 38-year-old Robert Kiagulai said he was worried about his life and the life of his wife. He said he was not being allowed to leave his house, which was surrounded by security forces. Nobody is allowed to leave or come into our house. Also, all journalists, that local and international, have been blocked from accessing me here at the home, uh, Bobby Wine said. Addressing what his party, uh, you know, National Unity Platform might do now, he told the BBC that all options are now on the table, including but not limited to peaceful protest, but stressed uh, that he was not calling for violent insurrection. The opposition candidate earlier said, I will, I will be happy to share the videos of all the fraud and irregularities as soon as the internet is restored. Another failure story of the uh, African leadership. We have, a, we have a leadership that actually tries as much as possible to silence the opposition. That's, that's the sort of um, government we have on the African continent. You know, they, they take leadership they take leadership, something that ought to be peaceful and purposeful, they turn it into a personal property, and that is so, so annoying. Trust me, it's very, very annoying. And I find that very, very hard to tolerate. But unfortunately, that is where we are. All right, so thanks a lot for stopping by to listen to the podcast. I appreciate your company. You were absolutely wonderful, and I wouldn't trade you for anything else in the world. Once again, my name is Mr. K, but folks call me the cool K. I'm out of here because I'm out of time. Bye. Yeah. Mr. K24 Radio, oh yeah.